I'm Amanda, and we're Haley and Amanda, and you're listening to the Haley and Amanda Podcast. Welcome. You are finally here with us. It's been a while. It has been a week, y'all. Has it not? And it's been a long week. It really has. And I can't believe all that's happened in this week. Wow. A lot of space for us to have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> mm-hmm. To regulate those thoughts oh on, the, on the mental diet. We straight set the highest bar ever this week. <laughs> the mental diet this week. Okay, well, let's start off with our pledge. I'd and, love to. And I'm just so glad that this is our pledge. This I'm, is the pledge I say. The other day I tried to say the real one and I can't say it right anymore. I know every time it gets to with the liberty end. and justice for all. Oh yeah, nope. You even told me when you were trying to say it, you yeah, said just, just us. Just us. Which means people think I don't know how to pronounce words. No, that you have an accent. <laughs> but you're not from anywhere. Remember earlier today when you accidentally said politax? <laughs> Okay, this had, me thinking, this had me thinking the other day about words that we that we mess up or change up. And I was thinking about the word quesadillas. <laughs> because remember when we were saying quesadillas like in, in case, case it, it is. is. Like in, in case, case it, it is. is. But in case, in case it, it is. is. So I'd be like, in case it is cold outside, you might want to bring a jacket. <laughs> That's funny. It is. And then the other day we in were saying is. soup du jour (laughs) like what's the soup du jour and i think i accidentally said it's is it soup for sure no you didn't accidentally said that you on purposely said is it are we having soup Soup for for sure sure. yeah and i said and it sounded like soup du jour (laughs) so i was like is it soup i'm gonna have the soup du jour for 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 sure sure. (laughs) the soup du jour for sure Anyways, that's dumb. Let's say our pledge. Are you ready? (laughs) For sure. I I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United Mates in America. And rarely in public is where we stand. One friendship under God. Indivisible. Live purdy. That was speak harmony. (laughs) And just us for all. That's right. It is just us for all again this week. Amanda, what's been going on with you, girl? Okay, so in case so, in case so, and in case it is, <laughs> in case it is clear, <laughs> I have a little bit of a list because I'm wearing braces. Oh boy, Invisalign type braces, and I just want to tell you right now that I it, it took me a month to get them. And they like sent me the impressions kit and all that stuff to do it. And I was so excited because I'm thinking the whole time, woohoo, I have straight teeth. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. I'm upgrading my smile. And you, got, and you got the kind that it only takes three months, right? Yeah, only takes three months. It's very exciting. Very exciting. I'm just like thinking, a lot of good changes coming. Wow, I can't wait for these to get here. And like they arrived on my lunch break when I was home at lunch. And you couldn't and wait. I just ripped that package open, pulled out the first set of aligners, put them in and screamed. <laughs> screamed of excitement? No, <laughs> of, of sheer pain. <laughs> 
Because I want to tell you something. <laughs> the reason why they get your teeth to move in three months is because they're pulling them out. <laughs> they're pulling your teeth out. One by one. From the root. From the root. And I'm on day three. And I thought I would have some relief by now. But I want to tell you something. It hurts worse than day one. And here's the thing. I was thinking like. Maybe it just hurts here in these first couple of days, and then like I'm gonna start getting used to it. <laughs> That's what I thought. But then you change aligners every week. Every week. So it's like getting your braces tightened every week. And oh I, my gosh. I don't think you ever settle into it, which means I'm in for the next three months of sheer oral pain. <laughs> oral pain. Because my God, Amanda, what's the refund policy? I, they've already made my oh. kit. I can't. It's it's just impossible and i just want to tell you that not once in the whole process of getting them did i ever think about the pain that is so precious of you all i can think about is the pain oh and uh i hope at the end of it i'm down to my goal weight and <laughs> and my smile's never been better and it all pans out for me because i'm pretty scared of the next three months oh man i'm sorry I mean, I paid a lot of money you, for this, so yeah, I think you did I just it to have yourself. to. I did it to myself. Your smile is going to be so party. I hope. And you're <laughs> going to be so thin. Oh, wow. Wow. So, yeah. Cool. That's, What's for dinner? I can't think about eating because my <laughs> teeth hurt too bad to chew. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Maybe I'll have a pina colada so it freezes my teeth. Ooh. Numbs them right out my head. <laughs> I don't know if they would include that in the recommendation. They should. They should include it in the package, for goodness sakes. So we have been on the mental diet for a week. I'm hungry. <laughs> for negativity? No. No. We. So if you guys missed the last episode, you should go listen to it. But pretty much the rules were no negative thoughts. And, yeah, and trying to be aware, if you are having negative thoughts, immediately catching yourself and changing it to something positive, like a positive question or solution to a problem. Can't dwell on problems. So here's what I want to say. <laughs> it was hard. It was really hard. I think, don't be so negative. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, it was difficult. Well, but po- in a positive way, I think that it, sh- it shed some light Boy, did it. Yeah, because you don't realize even just making yourself aware of all the little things. There was even a point this week where I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I don't really struggle with like comparing myself to people online. And you were like, yes, you do. And I was like, oh, my God, I do all the time. And it's like you just don't even people that are positive, you know, you still every you still have thoughts that you need to be aware of and tackle and you can absolutely I for me personally the comparison thing I think it was so eye-opening to me because over and over and over multiple times in a day at the beginning less at the end because I was more aware of it right every time I opened social media I was catching myself like I would look or in a couple times when I was watching different things on TV I was looking at another woman and I was thinking like, oh, I don't have legs like that. And that's like not a big thing. Right. But it's negative. Mm -hmm. And it's like saying to my inner self, like, you're not good enough. Your legs suck. 
Yeah. And it's just like, I just kept catching these small comparisons over and over. And I was just like, wow, Amanda, that's a lot. Well, and also something that I, I wasn't really thinking about was like comparing not just physical stuff, but like career stuff or like somebody's house, like watching the freaking dream makeover show on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, there's a million things I want to make, I want to do to my home and I want all to have all the things that I want right now. And I get jealous that other people can just have them easily. Yeah. I, one of the things, um, like at the very beginning of the week after we posted the episode, my niece, Michaela, she's 21. She is wise beyond her years. Um, but she texts me, and she said, hey, I just wanted to tell you that I'm listening to the Mental Diet episode. And she was just saying that she thinks it's such an important conversation because she has noticed within herself the comparison thing. And she was mm-hmm. saying like social media is so weird because we end up keeping up with people or following people that in real life we would have zero awareness of. Like mm-hmm. people, even like not celebrity influencers, but like people in her life that moved on you know what I'm saying from Mm -hmm. from her life that she's keeping up with and in her daily Mm -hmm. awareness that she would not know and she was saying that that can be really damaging like you you these people aren't in your life anymore Mm -hmm. and here you are comparing yourself to them and like the stage of life that you're in yeah and you wouldn't be doing that if they weren't if they weren't in your everyday line of sight but then her and I kept texting about this and I was telling her that yes I agree that this is such an important conversation for for people to have because especially with social media it's in our everyday life and then she said that another thing she had been thinking about is this whole like self-care movement Mm -hmm. and how it's a good thing, but people can take it too far where they get complacent, where it's like, love yourself and stay how you are. Don't worry about changing. Like you're good enough as you are. Interesting. And like, because there's, there's, you know, there's like a, it's like two sides of that, right? You have to be content with who you are in, in a lot of ways and be accepting of yourself in a lot of ways, but also having room to see where you can grow. And become the best version of yourself and better yourself. And she she was saying that she's kind of seen through that movement with some people who take it too far that it's it's kind of like they become complacent in improving themselves or their habits. You know what I mean? Like they're because like, you're so much about accepting yourself that you're accepting yourself as you are and not changing anymore. Right. Interesting. So I thought that was kind of interesting that 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 conversation came up from her being really aware in the mental diet. Maybe that's like the the actual biggest challenge is is loving yourself and accepting yourself in every step of our journeys. And I think that maybe we have these moments in life where we experience something really good and then we like want to stay in that moment forever or we're not having such a great moment or, or, you know, we don't think this is some sort of highlight of our lives and we start, um, comparing it to maybe some future moment that would be better. But every moment in our journey, you know, holds value. 
Yeah, it's like it's like the talk that I had with my father on our podcast about the chocolate cake. Mm. Right. That life we want to yeah, we want to yeah. think life is just all good and that mm-hmm. we could somehow find the equation to make every stage of it great. Yeah. But the truth is life is this balance of bitter and sweet and bland and nothing special and yucky mm. and all those things put together make something great and that's kind of the beauty of life. Mm. And so it is allowing yourself to, I think, love yourself in all the stages, the bland stages, the sweet stages, you know, and to not derive your value from the stage. Yeah. But to know that you have value and worth and like that you're beautiful and whatever sense of that term you define it as no matter what stage of life you're in. And, And what he was talking about blooming where you're planted when my father was talking about in the episode he was on, it, it's exactly that you have to, even in like a bad stage of life, mm. okay, you maybe to, you accept yourself that you're in that stage, but you have to somehow mm-hmm. be your best, do your best, bloom where you're planted, do the next right thing in a bad stage. And you can't settle into the bad stage and say, well, my life crap now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it is, it is a delicate balance of it really self-acceptance. Is. And love, but also like pushing yourself. Yeah, and transformation. And I think that that's kind of um, what helps gets us, help get us out of those funks kind of and moving into new stages is that all of that positive input we were talking about that was the first half of the mental diet, all the stuff that we're chalking inside of our minds so that when we do get to a stage that sucks, or that's hard, or that we are overrun with negative thoughts, or can't really find our value in our stage, we hopefully have stockpiled some good stuff back there. Yeah, and so to the mental diet, you and I in our brilliant subconscious forethought, Oh my gosh. We chose to do the mental diet the week of the election, which we <laughs> not, you, you and I did not think about. No, not at all. We knew it was the election, but we weren't putting the two together. And um, so obviously, you know, we didn't know who the winner of the election was the night of the election or the next day or the next day. And we're recording on Saturday. So this comes out Monday. And we just heard that Joe Biden won the election. And um, but that was quite a journey to find out those results. So (laughs) the world is kind of like in this impending balance status and we and that was it was tuesday Tuesday, right yeah Yeah. so like the second day of the mental diet (laughs) and we're like oh crap and you and i were kind of texting on the election evening and i told you i i'm feeling anxious Mm -hmm. and you said i'm having similar feelings but but that i was i was trying to catch myself and ourselves in dwelling in that problem and in that anxiety because that was rule three of the mental diet that you can't dwell on the problem you have to try and find a solution and think about that for 90 percent to the 10 right and so you were saying we did our part yep we voted it's out of our hands at this point so we have to say whatever happens we have to find solutions in whatever scenario plays out. 
Right. And in our everyday lives. Yeah. And not be negative, but find the positive, find the solution to the problems as they come and not try to foresee them right now. Mm -hmm. Just like shut that down. Yeah. And I was trying to bring our thoughts back to our kind of circle, like our arms reach of people and community and neighborhood, because I think sometimes, too, when you're thinking about a problem that feels so big, like, I don't know, electing a president, it you start to feel overwhelmed by something that's so large and it feels out of your control. And so thinking about the fact that no matter who won at that point, it's going to come down to our everyday lives, what we choose to do, how we choose to treat people. And that that is something that we have control over. Right. So it was... That was a good example of like having to shut down the negative thought cycle and say, I'm feeling anxious about this election and everything and being like, nope, can't think that way. I voted. It's not my my problem is my own touch to the world every day. And it was just it was a good reminder. And it was it was a very good practice and lesson to be learning this week, especially in a process where you have to wait so long. Because we also go through stages like that in life where you're waiting for some sort of results or you're waiting for a change or it's a season where you can't really do anything. You're in the hallway waiting for a door to open. My gosh, yes. And one of the big ways in the mental diet that came up for you, you were telling me, was preparing for your TEDx talk that you just did today. I know. I'm feeling so much more relief in this moment than I have all week. Oh my gosh, just prepping for that. And so let let me tell the listeners. So you were asked to speak at TEDx UTA, which is University of Texas at Arlington, and which is a huge honor. TEDx is like such a, such a respected brand of speaking and entertainment. Were you so excited to be asked? I was totally freaked out. Yes. Like really honored, really excited. I've learned so many things from TED Talks and TEDx Talks that I almost couldn't believe it. And it, yeah, it felt like a really big honor. So for those of you who might be new listeners, Haley is a really amazing fine artist. She's a painter. And so she was asked to talk about her painting. But the the theme of this TEDx talk was chain reaction. And so it had to be something about that, which totally went with your work and everything you were able to to easily connect to their theme but um before we I want to we're going to talk a little bit about what her (laughs) her talk was about because it's so great and as a best friend I'm just beaming with pride (laughs) because I was there and it was so good she was amazing she connected with the audience and oh thank you very much well I'm just bragging on you Well, you helped me a ton and I really appreciate that. I couldn't do it without you. Yeah, I know. You just, there's no way you could have done that without (laughs) me. Uh, No. So she, um, she, during this week of the mental diet, she had been prepping for weeks for this, but this week, especially obviously coming down right before the TED talk, what was some of the mental diet stuff you had to work through? Oh my gosh. I wasn't really expecting it, but, um, I mean, major imposter syndrome, like you're prepping for this talk. And, you know, at first I felt what you were saying, like really honored. And I felt like pumped up and excited about it. And then I thought, 
well, crap, here I am preparing this talk, and I'm thinking that people are going to want to listen to me, and it started turning negative. And the imposter syndrome voice in my head was like, who would, who's going to listen to this? And who, what if people don't think what you're saying is important or valid? And do you or have anything uh, unique, unique to, to say? say? That was one thing you were telling me. Yeah, and like, is this actually impactful at all? And, you know, all these questions. And so I, my mind for a few days of the mental diet didn't catch those as negative as negative self-talk it was just my mind being so analytic about preparing and making this talk good and impactful and I think that's kind of tricky yeah it 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 comes as an imposter Mm -hmm. like you're trying to do something with excellence and great yeah so you're but you're actually talking negative about what your topic was about yeah and like you're setting this bar so high for yourself that you almost you you set it too high that you can't reach it. And that that's just not true, you know? And like you even sent me an article that was talking about it. And it's like debunking all of those sort of myths that you're self-talking to yourself about. Like, like why would they have even asked me like if I didn't have something to say, you know? And like trying to turn all of those things around, but also addressing them with like humility and like that it was such an honor. and So that was a huge thing. And I also felt like I had like Brene Brown's voice in my head a lot about like, I felt really like vulnerable getting up on stage and like sharing something that I care about so much. And what if other people don't care about it, you know? But like what she says is that you can't do anything brave without having that sense of vulnerability, you know? So it was actually okay that I was scared and nervous because it meant that I cared about it. Right. Right. And it reminds me of when we interviewed Amy Jo Martin Mm -hmm. and she said the number one reason why she sees specifically women not fulfill their why or the thing that they want to do so badly, the business they want to start, the the thing they want to accomplish is imposter syndrome. I think that is just it's it's feels true and i think it's insane and crazy that of all the things that could actually stop you from doing something like money or timing or you know any of those logistical things the number one thing is our own voice in our head yeah telling us that you don't have the right credentials you don't have the right education you're not smart enough to do this you don't have the right education you're not, uh, you're not small enough. You, your hair doesn't look right. You're not going to go speak in front of a bunch of people and get recorded. I mean, it could be a million little things. Yeah. And it can be twisted into different ways that you don't expect. I mean, like, like I was saying, I was just trying to do something with excellence and even that turned into a bunch of negative self-talk. <laughs> yeah. And doubting yourself. Doubting yourself. Yeah. And guys, you're, we're going to post the, the video and the link to the video once they give it to us from the TEDx. It was so good. It was, um, it, it was called The Ones That Stick. Stuck. Sorry, The Ones That Stuck. And it's, it's about memory and beauty and 
about how there are certain memories that the beauty of them hits us in a specific and special way and it sticks with us for some reason or another and how Mm -hmm. how she chose to capture that with painting and it's it's and then she flips it on her on its head at the end with this idea that you're gonna love we're gonna post it (laughs) you gotta listen to it it's so good I'm so proud of her for it's very sweet for doing such a good job on that talk but so what we want to talk about for the rest of this episode is this imposter syndrome because this was just in your TED talk that you were prepping for <sighs> that you were having imposter syndrome. But I've had imposter right. syndrome whenever I went to pursue floral. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know, whenever I left teaching and I went to go start That's a big move. And, and I thought, do I really know how to do this well enough for it to be my job? Like right. I know everything. And I kept questioning myself and I had to push through that. Well, and like leaving a secure thing that is like pretty acceptable and like job. And then it's almost like, oh, you think you can just do this creative thing as your full time job? It's almost like I can hear something like a voice in my head saying that like so entitled to like pursue what I care about. Yeah, it's true. And I, I remember even when I started my business. I was pursued by a big corporate event planning company to do a very large corporate event. And I was baby, <laughs> baby business. You put your big girl pants on, though. And I, ha- I, I agreed to it. And I said, yes, I, I'll, do the, I'll do the job. I was excited. But there was always like the whole process, this imposter mm. syndrome going like, you can you do a job this big? Mm. Like, do you have all that it takes to do something like this? Like all of these questions pop in your head and these questions prevent people from doing the thing. Yeah. You know, you have to, I mean, people you that push through it, like you did obviously with the tech talk, you went through with it. I went through with opening the business, the corporate event. And the event went amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The event went great. But the point is, is that you... A lot of people will will Stop. not take the next step because of the imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. and some people will push through it, and some people will will push through but be doubting themselves the whole time and maybe cause a fumble because of the self doubt. Mm. And imposter syndrome, like we were saying with Amy Joe Martin, that it's like the number one thing that slows people down or completely prevents them. Prevents them. Mm-hmm. That I think women, especially, we have this perfectionism some of us but we also have this idea of what we can and can't do and what's in and out of our wheelhouse and I think why it's such a big thing because she works with only women Amy Jo Martin Mm -hmm. that why she sees it over and over again is because we we don't see how we could accomplish great things because there's been very few people in front of us who who have right but the whole idea is it's it's an imposter syndrome it's not reality mm, that's interesting right mm-hmm. and, and we all the time I feel like when I accomplish something to me that's great or move forward in the next step it's me pushing myself completely out of my boundaries that I've set out of my comfort zone and doing something much greater than that Right. And it keeps propelling me forward. Right. And the truth is that 
you know, when you said, I'm going to take this huge thing that feels bigger than me, it feels like too much. Maybe you actually in that moment weren't really actually prepared to do it, but you made that jump, that leap, that belief in yourself. And that doesn't make everything all of a sudden easy or make sense. But I think that's the hardest part. And I'm thinking right now about David White, that poet that we've talked about multiple times, who says that, you know, the journey that we're on is what's so beautiful and that we are more marvelous in our simple wish to find a way than any place we could ever arrive. And so I think that, you know, we, what imposter syndrome does is it takes that little wish away from us in the beginning so that we never start. Right. And, you know, usually it works out. Usually if we can get past that beginning belief, that's when we step into our greatness is just that belief in ourselves. And then whatever else happens, you know, is just the rest is kind of history. Absolutely. And I love that quote by David White, that we're more marvelous in our simple wish. And that's in his poem, Santiago, if anyone wants to go read it. So any of you out there listening who feel like there is that something that you have been wanting to do, accomplish, try, um, feel like it, it fits your talents, your gifts, and you've been stopping yourself mm-hmm. because you keep saying, when I do, can get to this point, mm-hmm. then I can. When I get here, then I can. Yeah. When I do this, then I can. Because it, it really can be small stuff that holds us back. Maybe we don't like the way that we look. Maybe we don't think we're educated yeah. enough. Maybe we think we don't look like the type of person who could do this. You know what I mean? Like, right. It can be small things that hold people up or big things. Yeah. Well, and I was also just thinking that. Um, just lost my train. Well, I was going to say, so if you are feeling that way. Identify it as imposter syndrome. Yeah. And make a choice to push through it. Yes. Oh, I was going to say, and, and I to piggyback on that is that. When you think about the thing that you would really want to do, you will feel probably a sense of excitement and joy. And then I think immediately it may be attached to some sort of like fear and like you're scared that it won't work out or something or you're, you know, it's like they go hand in hand. And I think that that's okay because what it means is that you care about it. Right. And you're not going to do anything. We aren't going to do anything great that we don't care about. Right. And so we can go on living our lives, playing it totally safe and never feeling afraid and not having any to deal with any imposter syndrome or shut down any negative thoughts. But we also won't be passionate about the thing that we're pursuing. That's right. So it's worth the leap. It's worse. It's, It's worth pushing past. I can tell you on a on a the a more small scale of just experiencing Haley's TED Talk today, oh, pushing past you. that pushing past that imposter syndrome, preparing for that speech, and you just killed it. I did my best. So get out there and imposter the imposter syndrome. <laughs> 
You can't talk to me like that. You're going to imposter me. I'm going to imposter you. I just remembered that your teeth might be hurting right now. It hurts so bad. <laughs> Why is oral pain the worst? Oof. That's all I'm thinking about. We need to get you some of that stuff that they rub on baby's gums. I just want the mental diet to numb my teeth. <laughs> I think You're on positive. like a mashed potato diet, braces diet. I really am. I Whenever we opened our lunch boxes at TED Talk and there was an apple in there... <laughs> I tossed it out and said, this is a joke. I got a real picture of me biting into a crisp apple. Can't I even eat the it. sandwich. Mm-mm. <laughs> okay, guys, don't be imposters. Unless you're an imposter of the imposter syndrome. <laughs> and we hope that this encourages you to get out there and do the thing. Tackle your negative thoughts. Try the mental diet. If you didn't do it with us this week, go back and listen to last week's episode on the mental diet and try it. It's really eye-opening. And here's to a positive future of our country. We're going to be positive about this change and where we're headed. And even though it was a 50-50 split pretty much, (laughs) I'm going to look at it as positive. Me too. And also... We have the power to change the things that are right in front of us, and we're going to do it. And that's important. Real important. That That's not small. No. How we treat other people in our everyday life. It's how the big changes happen. Exactly. So, guys, follow us at Haley and Amanda. Uh, we have been cooking up some fun ideas with this <laughs> podcast, so... I mean, the future for Haley and Amanda Amanda podcast is looking bright. So send us your thoughts and your encouragement and send us any of your concerns or any questions. And we'd love to write us a review. Yes, please. We we when we see reviews on our podcast, is it not? I know it's so it's so exciting. So exciting for us. So follow us at Haley and Amanda. Write us a review. Let us know you're listening. And we will see you next week, next Monday. So you guys better live per day.